O Lord, have you abandoned us to the cold this early in the season? Are you still here? Where have you gone? But in all honesty, don't we feel that sometimes? Maybe our spiritual life can at times feel like outside. The cold and gloomy and cloudy. And that's a normal course of our spiritual journey on this earth, is at times we think, where is God in all of this? Has He abandoned me? And our first reading from the Book of Wisdom reminds us over and over who God really is. That He has created everything in this world and that He loves everything that He's created. That all of it is good. But especially us, the crown of His creation, is us. Because we share in His very image and likeness by our intellect and our will, by being able to freely choose to love Him in return. Now, there are times when we go astray and we can't uh, really experience that. It's kind of like the clouds have set in for the season and we don't know that the sun is still back there shining somewhere, right? We just can't experience, we can't feel it. And so there are times when we have to double down in our faith. There are times that we have to seek Jesus all the more. And we see that in Zacchaeus, right? We're always talking about tax collectors, it seems like, over these last few weeks because they're the example that the Gospel writers use because they're the biggest of the public sinners. They are cohorting with the Romans who are occupying the Jewish lands. They're also taking taxes for them. And then many times they're stealing a uh, skimming a bit off the top for themselves. So they become wealthy, they're cheats, and they're also... uh, against the law of God, having abandoned their own people. And so that this guy, Zacchaeus, right, he's the chief tax collector. That means he's the worst of the worst. And he's a wealthy man. And everybody knows where he got that wealth. From them. From the poor. From skimming off the top on the taxes. And so he's the despised, so to speak, of the, of the world at that time. And yet there's something about Zacchaeus, right? He's, he's attached to money. He loves his wealth. I mean, otherwise he's ridiculed in every other stage of his life. Why would he continue on that? But he's attached to it. There's this greed at the root of who he is. And yet there's this curiosity about this man that he's heard about, this Jesus, who they've tried to make him king and he refused it. He has nothing He gives away to the poor. He's always calling those to give to the poor. And he's like, what is it about this guy? Why does he do that? I'm so attached to my greed. Why and how does this man give up everything? And people follow him. What's going on here? And so Zacchaeus, he goes down to see this man who's just going to pass by. And he can't see because he's a short guy. And so he has to climb the sycamore tree. And just think about this for a minute. Imagine, I mean, this is like a little kid, right? Climbing the tree so he can see. Imagine the little bit of humility that it takes for a very wealthy person uh, and one who's kind of despised and seen at least high in the Roman order to climb this tree. It takes a little bit of humility. There's a crack in this uh, hardness of heart of Zacchaeus. And so he does. He climbs this tree just to catch a glimpse of Jesus. But what's most important about this story 
is Jesus. What does he do? Does he look up and see this chief tax collector and say, get down here, you scoundrel? Like, hey, look what you've done to my people. Does he immediately go after him and accost him? No. I mean, that's probably what we would do, right? Look at that tax collector up there, that chief one at that. But Jesus looks at him and says, Zacchaeus, come down quickly, for I must come to your house. Imagine that. What do you do? Who do you invite over to your house? Your friends, your family, right? To have this meal. Jesus is inviting Zacchaeus, the worst of the public sinners, to a meal, to be his friend, to be part of his family. Because, first of all, it's God's love that is operative first. It's never us deciding, you know what, I'm going to finally be better so God will love me. That's not how it happens. It's that God is always loving us. God is always in love with us. And it's we who that begins to change us. See, that's Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus had this little crack in his heart. And God, Jesus, took advantage of it and showed him love. And then what, does, what happens? Zacchaeus repents. He begins to convert. He begins to make reparation for the past sins. He said, Lord, I'll give half of this wealth away. Because he knew himself that greed was his sin. That his wealth was holding him back. So he gave half of it away. And then the doctors of the church would tell you he kept half of it because of the next line. Right? Anybody he defrauded, he paid four times the amount. So then at the end, he was broke because he had defrauded a lot of people. And he gives it all away because of this encounter with Jesus, this encounter with love. It begins to change his life forever. We don't hear about Zacchaeus again, but we can imagine he stands in our place. He stands for all of us to recognize what are those things that keep me from experiencing the love of God? What are those things that I'm attached to in this life? And we've all got them because we're all sinners, right? Here's the last line. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save what was lost. That's all of us. We're all in the same boat. We're lost. We're sinners. We need a Savior. And Jesus meets us right where we are. He meets the chief tax collector right where he was in the tree. And he says, come down, Zacchaeus. Let's talk about this. And it's this love that exudes from God, from Jesus himself incarnate, that begins to change his life. How can we do that? How do we allow God to change our heart? He loves us right now. Part of the, uh, our difficulty, I think, is that we have trouble believing that God loves us. We've heard that all of our life. God loves you. God is love. The scriptures tell us God is love. That's all he knows how to do. That's his very nature. So everything that he does is with love. Even in the book of wisdom, we recognize that the punishment that we experience sometimes for our sins, it's all out of love to get us back to the right way. And I remember that growing up in my, my life. Uh, I got in trouble when I was a kid. Uh, a lot. And... Uh, I got in trouble, so I got punished by my, my mom and my dad. And you know what? When I look back on it now, it's good. Like, if they'd have just kept letting me go, I'd be terrible. Right? There was this love that was always within it, even though we don't like it at the moment. 
And it's the same with God. Sometimes we experience that. God doesn't punish us because He's mad at us. He allows basically the consequences of our actions, and sometimes those are sinful. He, re- he allows those consequences uh, for us to really feel that, to know that, so that we'll turn back to Him, so that we become and go back to the right path. I think of it in my own life of years, 15 years away from confession, of chasing after the things of the world, and being empty and miserable in that. The Lord let me really feel that. And then I began to move in that direction. It was already His grace at work. And then when I encountered Him in an experience similar to Zacchaeus, of just recognizing that God is looking upon me with love, even after all that I've done, and it changes your heart. You desire to convert. You desire to repent and to begin to walk that path with Jesus because it's the path of joy. It's the path of happiness. It's the only one. Nothing else in this world will satisfy us completely like a relationship with God who loves us. Jesus has come to seek and save the lost. That is all of us. Take great joy in that today. That Jesus is looking upon you like you're Zacchaeus in the tree. And He's basically saying, come down. Let us go into your house. Let us eat together. So as you're coming up today for communion, as you're sitting here at the rest of this Mass, open your heart wherever you are. I don't care what kind of stuff you've done in your past. I don't care what sins you carry around. I don't care the the things that you experience right now. Bring it to Jesus. He loves you. Now, I've used this example before. You know, when we have invite somebody over to our house, what do we do? We clean it up a little bit, right? Make sure, especially if it's a mother-in-law, you really dust that stuff up. You don't want mother-in-law finding dust. At least that's my experience of seeing it. And uh, you clean it up, but there's always a lot of stuff that you're like, where, where did this come from and where in the world am I going to put it? And so there's the closet, right? That you put all the stuff you don't know what to do with. So imagine you're doing that for Jesus. Like you're like, I want to clean up my house, invite Jesus in over for a meal. And Jesus comes to your house, and you know what he does? He goes right to the closet. He's like, I want to eat in here. Invite me into this. Because that's where he wants you to know that he loves you there. He loves you right there in that worst spot, that thing that that bothers you the most. Today, let him love you right there. And when you come up for Holy Communion, open your heart to his love and see what he does.